0: Good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you're listening to us this is a word with god and i'm here with ivan and donna preston they're two members long-standing members of our church and they've been there longer than i have and actually i was just thinking i think i've known you somewhere between a quarter and a third of my life.
1: <laughs> which doesn't,
0: I, I don't know, it doesn't seem possible, but it's been about mm-hmm. nine years now.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, there you go.
0: So what's that What's that make for you guys? How old are you guys?
2: Well, we came back to Canada back, back in 2009.
3: Yeah, he wanted to know how old we
2: were. And I'm 70, I'll be 78 next,
3: eight next birthday.
0: So you guys have known me like... An eighth of your life, which is (laughs) just doesn't seem possible. (laughs) Time flies. Yeah, Um, I believe it. But these guys were uh, missionaries in Mexico. But and we're gonna hear your story because I would say you know we we use missionary almost exclusively to talk about going to another country. Mm -hmm. But you've been around Canada too in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what really is missionary work Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so i I would say you're lifelong missionaries Mm -hmm. and want to get your story down for posterity (laughs) and so just start from the beginning like how you at least how did you meet jesus and what you know you like me went to ebc how you ended up there Mm -hmm. and
2: yeah go ahead Well, for me, I was raised in a Christian home. (coughs) I had a godly mother, and she prayed for me. And I was kind of a rebellious uh, boy in some ways in my early years. But she prayed for me, and I believe she is the reason that I'm existing today. Because uh, I remember one time in particular, she wrote a letter to me, and I wish I had not destroyed it or got rid of it. And she said in that letter... I've had a real burden for you to pray, Ivan, over this period of time, and God has given me, finally given me peace. I believe that she interceded for me, and uh, if it hadn't have been for her prayer and her intervention, I may not be here. So at the age of 10, I accepted the Lord as my as my Savior. Uh, we used to have tent meetings every year with our churches in the area, Stovall, Gormley, Markham and uh, we put this big tent up and have a preacher come special music and it was a big evangelistic thing and at that meeting I accepted the Lord and so that's that was how I I came to uh, to be a Christian all right do you want to share yours Donna
3: I could um, I was raised in church too my parents my parents were uh, had got saved um, as adults really. But anyway, they raised me in church and when I was eight years old, we we were at a special meeting called, and we had a special uh, movie night and they showed a film called Missing Christians and it scared the death out of me. And all the way home, you know, the shadows, I thought, oh, he's coming, he's coming and I'm not gonna make it. And so I determined that I was gonna accept Christ and so that night, I was eight years old. It must have been uh, the first part of May somewhere because two weeks later I was baptized, and I, but I was nine when I was baptized. But for me, there was no turning back. That was it. I had made that decision to follow Jesus and it's taken a number of years for, and I'm still learning what all that means. But, but you know, that was the beginning. Of, of a lifelong relationship with him. God put a deep love in my heart for his word and for missions, and I used to listen to missionaries and people who were serving God, and I thought, yep, that's what I'm gonna do someday. I'm gonna be a nurse first, and that fell flat. I never did become the nurse. However, I still like looking after folks, but yeah. you know, that never happened, but uh, I am, and then I went to Emmanuel, um, a lot of experiences in between of God disciplining me and getting me in line because I was a pretty strong, you know, willed character.
0: Nothing's changed. Still
3: <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, you know, when I make up my mind, it's for something good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll have to make sure we keep a leash on, on you because, yeah. I mean, otherwise today you'll only hear from Donna if we don't let got
1: <laughs> <it. laughs> well, We got to leave room
0: for yeah. Ivan. Okay. <laughs> Just wait. We we haven't heard anything yet. We, you haven't gone off yet.
1: <laughs> I'll try to behave. <laughs>
0: um, how did you then decide that full time ministry was what you were going <coughs> to do?
2: Well, I never thought of being a full time pastor or missionary or anything like those in the early years. And uh, we went to we met each other at Emmanuel Bible College, and that's where that came in a, into place. But uh, I, at that point, was at Bible college just to get more information about Scripture and understanding of Scripture, interpretation of Scripture,
3: and fool and, around.
0: <laughs> that means something different nowadays. I, I think. Know it does. <laughs> I guess I better be
3: careful. With that term. But you know, and so, yeah, I, so anyway,
2: always pulling uh, tricks on people. I had, a, I had an ambition. I was raised in a poor home. Mm. My, my parents didn't. Uh, have money. We never had electricity when I was a young boy. We had uh, no running water or anything like that. And so for, for me to be raised in that kind of uh, environment, I decided that when I got older and went into the workforce, I was going to do well and I was going to become wealthy or not poor. And so when we got married, we did three things. I did three things. I got married in 1967, I bought a house in 1967 and I started a business in 1967, a, a carpet business. Hmm. And I was committed to making money because I didn't want my family to be raised in the same kind of environment uh, where they were always poor and always ashamed of, the, of their clothing. They, they were We didn't have modern stuff, we had hand-me-downs, you know, that's mm-hmm. what, we, what we lived on. And so um, after seven years in the carpet business, I was really, really frustrated because things weren't going the way I had planned. We were making a living. That was no problem. But I had a lot of frustrations with carpet installers because your, your work is so important. And uh, if you do a good job, somebody will tell you, or tell their friends about you, and, and you'll get some more some more work, and some more sales. And uh, so finally, at one point, I got into a store and things were going reasonably well, but then when all these here installation problems came up, I thought, is God trying to tell me something? So at that point, I was beginning to think about maybe I should be going into the ministry. And so I said, God, there's four things that, you, if you want me to go into the ministry, four things have got to happen. I put out fleeces, you might say. Number one, Donna and I, we didn't agree in our theology. And I said, there's no sense in me becoming a pastor where she teaches one thing and I teach another thing. <laughs> and so that has got to change. That was number one. Number two, I have to sell my business. Number three, I have to sell my house. And number four, I have to be accepted in a Bible college somewhere. And to put a put it in a, a short story form, uh, all of that happened, and uh, everything came in line. So we ended up going back to Bible college uh, for another two years, and then I uh, went to Toronto to my first church at Saint Clair Missionary Church to pastor. Mm-hmm. So. That's what happened. How I got into ministry.
0: And you didn't hang out or stay at Toronto for...
2: Well, when I was in Emmanuel Bible College, uh, one of the things, uh, one of our professors said, you young guys, you don't have a church. He said, well, we start your own. <laughs> and I, that always stuck with me. And I thought, someday I'm going to start my own church. When I entered into the pastoral ministry, I thought, someday I'm going to start my own church. But I was at St. Clair for four years uh, before we felt the leading of God to, to go to a uh, to another place to start a church. And the Lord really helped us, though. Man,
3: really, really helped us during those years mm-hmm. and taught us a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that was really needed to, for us to learn. So we're very grateful for that opportunity we had to well, do that.
0: What does that look like to be pastoring a church and then feel called to leave.
2: Well I put I I put all these fleeces before God and I said, Lord, if you want me to be a pastor in another city, you gotta show me from your word. I believe that there's the there's two ways of looking at the word of God. There's a the written word of God, but then there's the way that God speaks to us. And I can't even think of the word right now. Uh, there's the mm. Rhema yeah, hmm. the raiment, the spoken word of God, and I and they. Then there's the written word of God. The written word of God, spoken word of God, the raiment. And so I said, Lord, if you want me to go to another place, you have got to give me some raiment. And so I was reading through the book of Luke at at that point, and it talked about how Jesus went out into the desert, and the people came after him, to and saying. Stay with us. We want you to stay on. And he said, no, i got to go and preach the gospel to other cities and towns as well. That hit me. You know, it just really stood out. And Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, if you want me to do that, I'm willing to do that. And so I made a decision. We started looking for a place to start a new church. And again, to make a long story short, we ended up going to Oakville. Uh, We went to Oakville, Harvey Fretz went with us to check out North Oakville, and he said, yeah, he said, there's a need for a church here, we'll start a church here, and uh, so we moved there in 1980 to start a church, knocking on doors and uh, telling people we're going to be starting a church, and we found a family. That, was, that said, we've been praying that God would send somebody to Northeast Oakville to start a church. So we were an answer to their prayer, they were an answer to my prayer. And so we started an amazing work in Oakville. And uh, when we look back over that period of time, we were there for 13 years. And it was, it was really something, I, we didn't have any money to start with. We had to live by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the mission board, the whole mission board, they said we'll look after your rent and your housing and car expense but that's all. So we had to rely on, on and then we said where are we gonna get to get, get the, the, the money. But we said we're gonna trust God to provide for us in in that period of time and the miraculous stories that that happened during that time, Kerry, uh, strengthened our faith. For example, when we moved there in 1980, we moved there in, in, around the 1st of September because we had to get our kids into school and by, by December, our savings were depleted completely. We didn't have enough money even to go down to Donna's mom and dad's place for Christmas. And so we had enough gas to get there but we didn't have enough gas to get home. So driving along the 401 going towards London, we came to the kitchen, a cut off, and at that point there was a clover leaf there, and this truck was coming onto the four hundred one, and so when I first saw it, I said, "That's our friend," and sure enough, it was our friend. We met just together. If I had been two or three seconds sooner, I would have missed him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If I would have been ten seconds later, I would have missed him. But we came together, and uh, and I waved at him, and he waved back, and and so. I pulled in in front of him and he he was turning his lights off and on, and I thought he wants me to talk to him. So I pulled off to the side of the road and. uh, It was freezing cold. Yes, it was freezing cold. (laughs) I remember that. Anyway, anyway, we got talking, and then he said to me, he said, well, God has some way of making you keep your promises. And, and I thought, well, what promise did I make to you, buddy? And with that, he reached into his pocket, pulled out a check, and he put it on the hood of the, of the truck. Holy. And I thought, here's, here's uh, enough money to get us home, maybe 25 $50 for Christmas <laughs> or whatever. That'd be enough to get it back home. And he handed me this check, and I, I I looked at it, and I had to take the second look. There was a check for $1,000. Wow. That is a God thing, and if that doesn't build your faith, nothing will. <laughs> because we were trusting. We went by faith that day to London, and we believed that God would provide to come get us back home. And so that... That is only one of many illustrations or examples of where God came through in miraculous ways. So, we finally ended up uh, in a school um, where we had worship services and church services. And um, after eight years, we had an opportunity to buy a piece of property, 10 acres, on Trafalgar Road on the north end of, of Oakville. We bought that, that's another story in itself, it's a miracle, and so we, had to, we paid $340,000 for the property and we had to borrow $257,000 in order to, to get this thing through. So, I remember we had a fundraising banquet and that particular banquet that night we raised, raised 200, over $200,000.
0: Holy smokes.
2: <laughs> now that was, it. that was raised in three ways. Cash cash donation, we told the, God, what, the, the people what we're doing. We had it in a Holiday Inn and there was all our friends there and the people you who, were interested, <laughs> who were interested yeah, in what we were doing. Meal. But that night we said, give cash, give a promissory note, and, or give us a loan interest free, or give us a loan at a reasonable mm-hmm. interest free. And and that's what mm-hmm. we got, 12, two, two, I think it was 212000 and So that was an amazing thing. So we bought the property and I said, Lord, how are we ever going to build um, a church? By, by the time we pay off the $257,000, i am going to be old and gray. And then to build a church, <laughs> how is that ever possible? And so I was praying and I said, Lord, show me what your will is. And God put it in my heart. Build on, your, on a pay-as-you-go basis and build with volunteer help. And Carrie, we started into that building project with $212,000, or not $212,000, um, $12,000. We had enough money to pay an architect and enough money for the permit that the city wanted. That's all we had. And we said to our congregation, when we have enough money to put up four walls and the roof, we'll get started. And that happened. and. We began building in October and uh, people came from different places across Ontario to help us build, volunteer help and uh, we completed that within one year and uh, it was just amazing to see how God provided, like I mean, for example, one Sunday, we had come to the end of our finances for building and I said to the congregation, we were at the end of our our finances and building, so we're going to have to leave it until the Lord provides. There was a, a family that were visiting that particular Sunday, and God laid it on their heart to give us money. They gave us a check for $4,000. Uh, another couple who had come to help us build, they sent a check in the mail for $2,000, and another check came for 200 and with that money, we're back in business again. We never had to stop Billy. A cool thing
3: wow. about them, the, this family, was that she was an interior decorator. Oh. And they also became a part of our church. And when it was time to decorate, she said to me one day, um, do you guys need help with decorating? And I said, yeah, we do. But I thought there's no way we can you know, pay you. And she said, okay, I'm willing to decorate the church free of charge. And she did a beautiful, beautiful job. The Lord really used her gift. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing what God can do when we give him a chance. I tell your story. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Those years were really interesting because he we when we first went to Oakville, you know, we had we weren't really supported. Well, we just had that little bit of money. But the Lord supplied us with the best music teachers, teacher in the area for our kids. Mm-hmm. And Stephen. Studied under this lady, you know, so
1: that's
0: how he came about, <laughs> that,
3: yeah. Well, he had a, a natural bent anyway, but yeah, and you know, and his granddad had given him an old a violin, you know, yeah, and so, um, yeah, and so that that ended up, um, the, the stepping stone to what he is today, you know, mm. in a lot of respects, and I it was just amazing. I don't know why we figure it's so amazing because that's our God, I mean, He's There's
1: amazing, your church.
2: <laughs> but. It was Bill was volunteer
1: help. Oh wow.
0: So, Sheridan Hills.
3: Yeah, it was Sheridan Hills. EMCC Church. And uh, and God did it, really. He gave us the energy. I look back on that. I sure don't have the energy to do all that now. But you know.
0: Look at the jawline on you, Ivan. Huh? Chiseled.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Man.
2: Yeah. You know, that piano, that is a, a, that was a gift a, too. miracle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: when we came to the to the conclusion of our building, I said, Lord, it would be great if we had a grand piano to start the, the services with. Yeah. Wow. And, and so <clears throat> somebody gave us a check for five thousand dollars for a piano. And another person gave us two thousand dollars towards the purchase of a piano and, and so that's And another person did.
3: gave us a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: So did that church start with just you guys and that one
2: family? No. Well, well the
3: was... prayer meeting started with them, and then and then the Lord grew it to two guys wandered into prayer meeting one night.
2: I think... No, no, they came to the church. We'd already started oh, yeah, you're you know, right. in the school.
3: Well, how'd the prayer meeting grow? Was it just that family and us? That yes. first family? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the f- pictures here, Preston, Pastor Ivan, and Donna, Sarah, well, we only Sarah, got three of you at this point, or well,
3: yeah, Steve, uh, Stephen um, had moved to Kitchener. Oh, okay. And um, Sam, when when those pictures were taken, Sa- Sarah was born in Toronto before we moved out, so she was just a little tight when we mm-hmm. first went up there. Um, Sandra, she she and her there's, husband there's must a, be there somewhere. Daughter, Sandra, she, she, oh yeah. She had gotten married by this time
1: mm-hmm
3: so you know our but they were in part of our church yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah so they taught city school okay yeah, they did yeah they
0: now did. is are those her kids there because i feel like yes. i see the same smile yes. that's
3: her, her kids yeah yes.
0: like, like i i looked at this photo and i'm like i've seen that smile before yeah <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. well wow. yeah. they're all there all those kids although some of those
2: pictures are kind of young but anyway.
0: <laughs> so, how did you then move on from Oakville?
2: Well, the, the church began to grow. When we built that church, it began to grow. And we reached God point blessed. Oh, God blessed. We were running 170, 180, somewhere in that neighborhood mm-hmm. you know, on a Sunday morning. And uh, we had been enjoying that new church for about four years. And then some of the people had moved off to other cities and some of them were disgruntled with what we were doing or whatever. And so the the attendance was down a little at that point. And I I started praying. I said, Lord, is my work finished in Oakville or do you want me to go somewhere else? Show me through your word. Give me some rhema. And so I was reading in Acts chapter seven and verse three, it just jumped out: "Leave your country and your people and go to a land that I will show you." So I said, "Lord, what do you mean by that? Does that mean leave my county? Does that mean leave my province? Does that leave my country?" It meant country? what it said. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, "I said." Uh, so we put it on the back burner, and I shared it with Donna. She she laughed and thought I laughed. it was funny. Anyway, we had uh, a chance to go to Mexico to help uh, build a a church there. We took a work team. I didn't
3: go because I had mother and dad with with us, and I was looking after them, so I couldn't go. So,
2: but they went. And this
0: was what like a typical short-term missions trip type thing. Ten-day
2: mission trip. Ten ten, ten days or two weeks or something like that. And one of the missionaries at that point, Nancy Legere. She lives here in Kitchener. She said, we're, we're praying that, we're, that God will send one of you back, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to help here. And so I looked around at a group and I said, yeah, this young guy, this young guy, because I, at that point I was around 50 years of age. and so we were too
3: back. old to go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't think
2: it would be me. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> God gave me, excuse me, God gave me that verse, and then a guy from YWAM, was it YWAM? No, but we had already decided we were going
3: when he came.
2: Yeah.
3: I had gone by the time he came. Yes, you're right. You dragged me down, and I didn't want to go. Mm. But he went ahead, because I'm a homebody. I truly am. I, I wouldn't budge out of the door from one end of the year to the next. Well, see, <laughs> I, what, what... I should
2: be quite content with COVID. <laughs> <clears throat> so what what happened? Um we had uh, this team that went down there, and now I lost my train of thought. Where, where was it going? I interrupted you, sorry. Yeah. but
3: yeah.
0: This is your second time then going? No, the we, first we, time we, that still.
3: was the first time he oh, went well, okay. alone. But the second saying.
2: time I went. <clears throat> I, I asked her to go with me down to the dedication of this building, and we had an invitation to go back. So I said, I don't want you to go. I don't want to go to Mexico. It's hot and dirty. I don't want to go. So I finally convinced her to go. And when well, we you didn't. There, he
3: bought the ticket. And I'm too practical to let it go to waste.
2: <laughs> so I knew I had to go, whether I wanted so or not. So when we were there, God worked in her. And she said, I feel as though I've come home. And when we came, went to, to get on the plane, she said, Ivan, i got to get in here. I don't know what's going on. I feel I'm leaving my heart in Mexico. And so we came home. We were talking about Mexico every day. And this guy came The Lord gave me
3: a dream, though, prior to after that. And, and when I, it was interesting because after the dream, I knew that my heart was in Mexico. No doubt about it. And I knew that unless I went back, I wouldn't be intact. Anyway, we had a, a fellow coming funny. from a, another
2: mission. Uh, he was promoting his mission. He came to our church and he said to me, he said, Ivan, and he said, your work is done here in Oakville. And God is calling you to another country. Wow. Acts 73. That was probably six months after God gave me Acts 73. And, and so that was the confirmation. We had a number of confirmations. And then we applied to, to world partners to go as missionaries, and we were turned down. So we said, if God can look after Jim Stanley with five boys in Africa and another continent, he can look after me in this North American continent with one girl. And so we said, we'll, we'll go by faith. And so when we made a decision to go by faith, again a financial miracle. God, uh, provided this opportunity <coughs> to, to to get some money. Uh, this lady phoned and she said, uh, "Did you have a communication with somebody concerning uh, <coughs> excuse me concerning telephone calls and and mail?" And I said, "Yes." She said, "Well, you're entitled to win a thousand dollars." I said, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and very skeptical, and, and then she said, uh, in order to win this money, you have to answer, answer a skill testing question, and I thought this will be interesting, so she said, the Canadian flag, what kind of a leaf does it have, does it have a maple leaf, an oak leaf, or some other kind of leaf, I said, a, an oak leaf, no, a maple leaf, yeah. <laughs> And, and she says, congratulations, you've won $1,000. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. Very skeptical. And then she said, did you used to pastor St. Clair Missionary Church in Toronto? And I said, yes. I, I, are you Odette? I thought I recognized the voice. yeah Are you Odette? No, I'm Odette's sister. <laughs> Claudette. <laughs> Claudette. And I said, really? She said, yeah, I attended church a few times when you were there. And I said, so, Dad, is this a joke or is this for real no it's for real I said is that money for the church or for me it's for you and I received a check for one thousand dollars another miracle mm-hmm. to carry. that helped us get it done there was enough there. money there to get us to Mexico
3: wow and you know something we never were short God always supplied our needs
2: <clears throat> yes he did
3: we you know it, it just boggles my mind it was just one miracle after another after another. And and he provided for us in spite of ourselves, you know. But we knew he could do it. I mean, it was just a matter of trusting him.
2: But I got out of my rut, (laughs) you know. So Uh, when we went to Mexico, we couldn't speak English or or we couldn't speak Spanish. We had to go to university, but this is the first church we started down there. We made some
3: humdinger mistakes in Spanish, I tell you. We still do. That's
0: quite a big church.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God really blessed. God blessed, that no was doubt about it. That we had.
0: Yeah, so what's this, Las Maestras?
2: The teachers. The, the teachers. Oh. Sunday, like, Sunday school teachers. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. okay. So it would be like masters yeah. kind of thing, but mm-hmm. doesn't sound as bad in, as it does in English, probably.
3: <laughs> no, no.
2: So these are some of the people that were a part of that, uh, that Congregation.
3: Church. But... God did one miracle after another, after another, in spite of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when we first said we were going to go to Mexico, Sarah didn't want to go. And she just said, I'm not going, that's that. But she was only 15 and we couldn't leave her home. Yeah. And I remember saying to her one day, okay, Sarah, we believe, you've heard everything, we believe that God is calling us to go. However, we will not go until you're either old enough to be on your own Mm -hmm. Or you're willing to go. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'd like you to pray about it. And if you really feel you cannot go, we'll wait until you can,
2: you know. Or until you're old enough to be on your own up here. So that was the first church we started.
0: So you started from nothing?
2: From nothing. We didn't have mine to start with, so we started in our apartment. We We had one one family that
3: became our friends um, that... I used to walk by their house.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We went to a church when we were there, when we first went. Yeah, And so it was all in Spanish, but we still went. And um, we, we made friends with some, they were neighbors actually. And so they said, we will help you get going. And the services were at night and their church didn't have a service at night. Mm-hmm. And so they helped us in the early days until we switched to having them in the morning. And then they felt they needed to be. It's interesting, though, that family, that couple, they they later on, they were getting older, too. They were younger than us, but not a whole lot. And they felt God calling them to go to chapas and do missionary work. And away they went.
4: Hmm. And
3: they said, because we watched you guys come after 50. And we knew if God could provide for you, he could certainly provide for us, <laughs> you know. So that you know, Jim's Jim's example was really what made us realize it. A snowball. It really
2: has snowballed, yeah.
0: So how did you learn Spanish, though?
2: Oh, we it was went hard. to we went to university. I I said we went there in two thousand and fourteen. <clears throat> two thousand and fourteen. No, no, no. Two thousand and four. Went where? We went to Mexico in two thousand and four. No, no, no. We didn't. Ivan, we went earlier. No. <laughs> Anyway, Anyway. it doesn't matter when we went. We went to Mexico, but we we didn't know... That's when we
3: had that church. That was 2004, when we made that book. But we were there before 2004. We went the year after Mom and Daddy died.
2: Yeah, you're right. Okay. Sorry. Anyway... We started that church in the morning, and I thought, why can't we start a church at night? So we started a church at night up in the mountains in another mm. area. And then we came home for a furlough, and we turned these churches over to other people. And we went back and started two more churches. So we started four four churches in Mexico, and we supported another guy from our church to go out and start another church. And so you know, all was, it was actually, Calientes in another actually city. Actually, it was five Five churches all together,
3: but you know it's really interesting because those churches are still going. Mm-hmm. And we've Been home what nine years? Yeah, least, and
0: you've gone back though too. He's
2: gone back. Yeah, yeah. So I've, gone back I've only been Dennis. back once. But Dan Rodols went with me one time. Dave went with me, and Dan Bennett right. went with me. Mm-hmm. So these guys We went. They went back with me, and uh, we visited these churches.
0: Now so, I remember you've told me stories way back when, about just some of the people that you did ministry with or mm-hmm. ministered to, uh, I think I remember you talking about, like, this sort of, uh, a lot of people were Catholic, mm-hmm. but it was a not Catholic in the way that we think of Catholic because it was mixed. A lot of
2: extra stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: with, I guess, you'd say, pagan practices. Well, or...
2: You can
3: share that part, Don. That was um, a lot of the traditional mexican things mm-hmm. or, or whatever our religious stuff is religious stuff and a lot of it uh, began in the pagan time when they were worshiping other gods and that's where they built their pyramids and whatnot you know so their history i mean it's an old history and it's a very interesting you might want to read some history mm-hmm. i've got some books i can lend you but they the history of mexico and the and the but anyway eventually um, Mexico became a Catholic country mm-hmm. you were Catholic or they'd kill you so it's up to you so it kind of became a Catholic country and uh, so it's when, when Catholics would accept Christ then they wouldn't have anything to do with anything that was Catholicism at all
1: mm-hmm.
3: like for us we had no problems w- with mixing with the people because we didn't really s- but I remember one of the fellas next door he was a he was a, a catholic boy and and i said i had bought uh, a nativity scene at christmas and my one friend who was a christian was really stunned that i would have that in my home
1: mm-hmm.
3: and i said well i like it you know and she said well everybody'll think you're a catholic and i said oh well i don't care what they think so anyway she she <laughs> she never said any more but but the interesting thing was he He was at my house one day. I taught the kids English in the early years and he he came in and I asked him about it. I said, Oscar, what do you think about me having this? um, Would you think I was a Catholic because I have this here? He said, oh, Donna, nobody would ever think you were Catholic for any (laughs) reason. So, you know, he said, you can do whatever you like. And I thought that was interesting because he knew me well enough to know where we stood about spiritual things and the things of God. And, and a lot of these folks were really hungry mm-hmm. for something deeper than, than what they had been, you know, introduced to and given. So while we didn't not ever knock Catholicism because that's neither here nor there, but when God called them out, they, they were they knew about God, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of build on the stuff they knew already mm-hmm. and introduce them to Jesus, to salvation. And uh, it was, it was fun to watch.
0: Now, you were showing me some photos from the Passion Parade in Oakville that you guys put on, which was, seems pretty cool and hard to imagine uh, seeing something like that nowadays.
2: This this is only a part of the the pictures because we didn't have that many, but we have it all on video.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you told me that they would do a passion oh, absolutely. thing in Mexico and it would not fly for sure here. So no. can you share that story?
3: <laughs> well, they every Easter then, on, I guess it was Good Friday, not too far from us at the foot of the, the pyramid, one of the pyramids, they had uh, three crosses. And so that's where they basically would But they'd walk through the streets. There would be parades through the streets. Um, We watched one of the parades go by our window, you know, and they have Christ on the cross and they're carrying, or he's either carrying the cross or in one part, I remember, he was on the cross and they were lugging the cross up the street. Um, They.
0: But it's an actual person. On the cross, yeah. yeah, oh
3: yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah, they he wasn't
2: they, on the cross, then lugging them up the street. No,
3: when, when no, but the no, it was a crucifix. They were lugging up the okay. street. Sorry, but but it's interesting because, yeah, he would they, they he these a guy told me I don't know anything a whole lot about it except that a young man from one of the towns was called Jesus Maria the town, but but there's piles of towns by that name. But he told me that, he said, we we practiced for over a year to take the role of Jesus. And he said, then we, we, they beat us. They treat us just like they would Jesus. But you can choose whether you want to be nailed to the cross or tied. I said, what did you choose? He said, I was tied. I said, good. I said, well, what did you learn by all of this? And he said... Uh, well, he said, "I never drank again. I was a drunk. I never drank again." He said, "I said, did it make any difference in your life, or the way you lived?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "I stopped drinking," and he said, "I've ever since then I've been very aware of of Jesus, and and really, and he was very open to the gospel. Like we presented to the gospel to him. He's, and I don't know if he ever became part of the church in Jesus Maria. Never mm-hmm. thought to ask mm-hmm. Oswaldo. Should ask him." Kind of forgotten, mm-hmm. but but yeah, he 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 was really hungry for God's word that boy, and I boy well, young man, I mean he was not. Uh, but they but they practice, they toughen them up, they give them the best food, they get them ready because they have to be, and then they always keep a the doctor there. They don't want them to die, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so they make sure that they have medical help. They only leave them on the cross for three hours. Well, that's enough, but nevertheless, Jesus. <laughs> yeah so they would put them up you know just like it, it that's why I didn't like the movie The Passion of the Prayer of Christ mm-hmm. because I, I remember coming out of Mexico you know they actually watching that we watched that on TV not the not the, the movie but the real f- depiction of it because they always televised the, the parade yeah. and, uh, but, but people would be drinking and dancing in the street and it was a joy and Jesus would be carrying his cross hmm. You know, um, no connection we, we, in
2: what he was doing on their behalf. We had that Easter parade before we went to Mexico. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got to Mexico we saw what they did down there. Mm-hmm. And Would
3: then, we have had the Easter parade in Oakville if we'd have seen what happened in Mexico?
1: I don't
2: Still,
3: know. I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to think on that. Yeah, pray about it.
2: But that was, a, that was a God thing as well. You know, that's a long story how we ended up having that, that parade.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And but we had the, the Salvation Army band lead the parade. a Parade marshal Paul Marsh, Paul Henderson, the hockey player, and uh, we did it two years in a row, and then we went to Mexico. Wow! The
3: second year was um, David David, David Baines, wasn't he?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. And they and they're the ones that did the video of it, which was kind of nice because it gave oh. us a, a lasting memory of of. Uh, Huey did it. He did yes sorry i'm sorry i thought they did it for the show no okay
0: are there any uh specific other stories from mexico that are
3: highlights oh man should have thought those through which ones we would choose
2: (laughs) well i suppose patty yeah i'm just gonna tell about patty when we when we started this one church this church here Mm -hmm. We were distributing flyers in, in mm-hmm. into the homes of people in that area, and uh, this one particular flyer got caught in some garbage. and And this girl Patty was driving by, walking, or walking by. by, she saw, <clears throat> saw this this pamphlet and she picked it up, and it said uh, how to have a changed life. You know, that's basically what this was advertising. And so she thought, I'm going to go and see what this is all about. She ended up coming to the church one night, and she told us at that service, she said, I've tried so many different religions and whatnot, but I've never really had a a change in my life. Uh, But she really didn't uh, have somebody sharing the gospel, how Christ died for the sins of mankind, and how by receiving him, he would uh, forgive us our sins and be our Lord and Savior. And uh, she made a commitment of her, of her life to Christ as a result of that. And a couple of weeks later, she said, Pastor, she said this in broken English. She said, now I have, hap- I'm happy inside, I'm happy inside. Hmm. And it was a transformation that took, in her place, that took place in her life. And as a result of that, later on, her mother and father became Christians as well. And they still go to the
3: church, I think, well, as far one, as I know. Well, One died. Oh, yeah, that's right. Vincente, wasn't it? Yeah. The father. Yeah. Well, he was her, her stepdad, but mm-hmm. he passed away. But I think her mama, as far as I know, her mom's still alive. Yeah. She'd be old. Oh, my yes. goodness. Yeah. But God did a miracle in Patty's life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I remember when we, the first time we we met her or really spent any time with her parents, they they said, what on earth did you do to Patty? Hmm. We said we didn't do anything to Patty, hmm. you know, but but Jesus did it all, and she, her life was changed, and she had a beautiful testimony of God's grace.
4: Hmm.
3: Um, David Castillo is another one. In some respects, that whole family, David Castillo was a friend of Sarah's, and um, he became actually they they spent a lot of time on our in front of our house because. Sarah was a beautiful girl and you know, <laughs> what that does with boys. So anyway, but the interesting thing about that was he, he became part of the Bible study. Mm-hmm. He, he and those guys, but he, out of them all, he was the one that accepted Christ and he started to grow and Nancy started to help him a lot. She put a lot of, Nancy Legere put a lot of, of time into his life alongside of the rest, the rest of us, you know, but anyway... To make a long, long story short, to, today, his uh, his aunt and uncle, his grandparents became Christians. His mom and dad, his brothers and sisters, and he's the pastor of Elwynpa of the El Church at this Church, point.
2: But they changed the name, and I forget the name. Yeah,
3: in the mountains mm-hmm. that we started up there, and he became the pastor there, and he's doing a good work for the Lord. But what a mark and that that wasn't without his ups and downs believe
1: Mm. me you know
3: he had he had his ups and downs but but god just kept on his tail you know and people we kept praying for him even though we were home too when he went through a really hard time and yet god just kept working on him and today he's a a godly man, a godly young so man. So in
2: 2009 we had to come home because the policy of the mission is that you retire at 65 and so we came home. Yeah. And uh, when we come home we wonder what we're going to do. But to make a long story short again we became the leaders of Oasis which is older adults still in service. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ministered to seniors across Ontario.
3: We love old folks. We've had fun <laughs> with old folks. <laughs> Now we become one of them. But anyway.
0: Yeah, and you, th- that's the thing where you've gone on trips to different oh, places, yeah. right? All oh, together. Yeah.
2: New York. Yeah. Down to yeah. Pennsylvania. Down to uh, Washington, yeah. D.C.
3: We have God has really, and we've had you know we've had our camp at stainer every year, and this year we have a new guy that's taken over our our spot, and I think he'll do. He'll be. One, I think it'll be terrific. Mm-hmm. So we're really thank the Lord that we could pass that ministry on to, you know, some other folks, and um, we're helping on the on the committee a little bit. But basically, the main crunch of the work we've kind of passed on, you know.
2: But
0: and how did you end up at Evangel? which is now Verity, in well, a new when, location. Well,
2: <laughs> when, we came, when we came back from Mexico, we said we want to go to a missionary church because we've been a part of the missionary church all our lives pretty well.
3: And we became world partners, by the way. We, we forgot to tell that tale, but eventually we did become
2: world partners missionaries. So we said the missionary churches supported us, so we want to go to one of the, church, one of the churches. Mm-hmm. So, we so we went to all the churches in Kitchener. Making the rounds. Bethany, Faith, Evangel and uh, Lincoln Heights. Evangel
3: was the last in the, in the round. Yeah.
2: We had no idea that we go cause there. Because we had no intentions to go there. We, when we went there, Lori was leading the worship. And we said, oh, this is just like Oakville. It mm. was worship. Mm-hmm. It was good. And she's a, a real good worship leader. And we said, man, I think this is where we're going to come. And so Stan came and visited that week. And that kind of sealed us is in our mind. The worship was what we were used to in Oakville, and uh, we're going to support this church. But they didn't support us when we were in Mexico. They didn't even know about it. <laughs> <was>. <laughs> no, they
3: didn't. But, anyways, that's, that's how we ended up there. Yeah. And, uh...
0: What were some of the difficulties in Mexico besides the language? Please. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Why?
2: because they would uh, stop you, because they'd have some false accusation against you, and they would want money, they would want money.
3: <laughs> Do you know one, this is really funny, but what, we, when we went out to Ixtapaluca, they were building a big bridge, and so we had to make a detour through a little area. Mm-hmm. So when we made our little detour, um, we got stopped. Every week. It, every week, every Sunday, we got stopped. So finally on the fourth Sunday, two cops, you know, one came the one came, they always went to Ivan's side. But anyway, they came to Ivan's side uh, because really what they wanted was money. Mm -hmm. They never got any, but that's what they were looking for. So, anyways, and but one came to my side. I said, Hey, what gives with you guys? I said, We have driven past here once a week, every Sunday, about this time, and every Sunday, we get stopped. What on earth is going on with you fellas? <laughs> and he looked at us and he, I said what is it you really want? And he said well a little bit of moolah, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, denario, or denario, no, 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 denario. And we said, I said, oh, we can't do that. And he kind of looked at me. He said, why not? I said because in our country, this is the funny part about it. I mean, we're not even in our country. But right? I said in our country, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. because that's called bribing a policeman mm-hmm. and I said we can't do that we end up in, could, could end up in jail mm-hmm.
1: for
2: doing that and he said oh okay and they walked away <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you we were stopped 70, 80 oh. times during our time in Mexico by fleet policemen and uh, just false accusations we
3: know. were stopped for, for what was it speeding or something in a, in, at a stoplight <laughs> we weren't even going anywhere.
2: No, no, we, they told or, us. That oh, no, a seatbelt, too. We, no, we, what was we, it? That one time they said you went through a red light, oh, and yeah, we I'm were money stopped time. at the red light.
3: That's, <laughs> that's it, that's right. We were stopped at the red light, but we went through it. I, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy things uh, just to get some money, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But
3: then you see, they get one guy told me one time, he said, We get paid so little you know that that's true we we kind of and that's true and we kind of have to, or it used to be at any anyway, rate i don't know what it is now but and he said we kind of have to make it up with you know
0: it's like busking well, it's yes, like well, you well, may as well get yeah. out with a guitar and- yeah
2: <laughs> what, what what helped us carry was our neighbor uh his wife came to our church but he wasn't a christian and he was ahead of a, an area uh, over a, a Traffic right? cart cops. And mm-hmm. so we told him I was going. So he gave us our, his card and he said, if you have any problems, just tell them this is who you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And so, man, that helped us oh, so much. We got away with.
3: That helped us so much. I mean, you don't mind paying so a fine? So when they,
2: they would make an accusation, I'd pull out the card and say, you know that guy? Well, oh, you yeah, back I don't right off. Him. Well, he's my neighbor. Okay, go. So <laughs> they'd back right off. But but oh!
0: Until then, you were usually paying.
4: No, no, we, we never, never paid. paid.
3: We never paid once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But but some yeah. of our some of our Mexican Christian friends would pay. Mm-hmm. Um, they said we just think of it as being like a propina, a tip.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that's how they got around it. But uh, you know. But one guy said, "Well, we don't get paid." One cop said one time. He said, "We don't get paid hardly anything." And I said, "Well." Uh, I, that's not our fault,"
1: mm-hmm.
3: I said. "Why, why would you ask us, you know, for money? Because that's not our fault. But, but it was true. They
2: really didn't get paid much. Mm-hmm. But there's one. Point. There's one time we pulled into a gas station mm-hmm. to get gas, and uh, the, the guy was behind me, motioning me to go back, back, and I was watching him back, 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 and I ran into a policeman mm-hmm. in his <laughs> car. So let's policeman get out, and oh man, he gave us a once going over. And I thought, oh my goodness, what's going to happen here? And the, the, the guy at the, uh, at the service station says, he can't do anything to you because he's from another area. Mm. And with, within f- 10, 15 minutes, uh, one of the head policemen of the area. He came in, he was like the old PP, you might say. Man, he chewed that guy out. He said, who's got your license? And I said, that guy back there. He went back to that other police car. He chewed that guy out really, really (laughs) bad and he came back with my license. And he could speak English and everything and uh, And that was tremendous help. That
3: was the first time we ever drove into Mexico.
2: Hmm. Oh, it was one of the first Yeah, it was one of the first times. I mean, we, oh. But God God was with us even in that situation. God sent that policeman there. That had the authority and power over him, and he said, "Here is your license. You can go."
3: Our neighbor told us. She said, "They'll all—they'll often want you to follow them somewhere, mm-hmm. so they can get you into their jurisdiction. You see, so they can force you to pay." She said, "Never follow them anywhere. Once you're sitting, you're sitting. Mm. Go anywhere, and—and that'll—you know—they'll back off eventually mm-hmm. because they know you're not going to go. You're not going to follow them under their territory."
0: Did church look different there than here?
3: Oh, yeah. Church was church. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, you know, same man, they would raise the roof and it uh, was always loud. So.
0: So, so I wouldn't have fallen asleep there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Never.
0: I've been prone to. Oh, you wouldn't. Fall <laughs> prone asleep. to slumber, Lord, I feel it. <laughs> well, you
3: might simply because you didn't understand the language, yeah. but but yeah, and then their preachers. Oh my goodness, they would preach. They would preach. I was interpreting one time for a girl from Canada, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, after repeating the same thing basically for about six times, I just looked at him and I said, you know what? When he says something different, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. because it was basically the same time, same station. He just kept going, but, but he would preach for over an hour.
0: And yeah, you used to have those short term mission trips would come to your churches from Canada. Yes, right? we did. And do I remember, right? That's you married Sarah off to one of them. We did. <laughs>
3: we did. We yes. did. <laughs> yes, we did.
0: That was, a, I know that's a good story.
3: That was really a God thing. Yeah. No doubt about that. They came down and, uh, that was a big team. So we had people everywhere, you know. But this guy, this one Sunday morning, this team took a real interest in Sarah. Mm-hmm. And the girls were staying at one place. We had a single woman who had a humongous house. And so she allowed the girls to stay often, to stay at her place. And we kept the boys. So anyway, there was boys sleeping all over my floor and all over the place. And this first Sunday morning, I I got up to... to to do something, and I saw this bundle of sleeping bag, I guess, and almost stepped on it. And then I thought, I better step over it. I don't know, you know, didn't know anybody was in it. All of a sudden, this head's kind of peeking out at me, and I'm thinking, oops, good job, I didn't stop mm-hmm. on him. But anyway, at that moment, God spoke to my heart and said, there's your daughter's husband. Now, she was going with a Mexican boy. And we liked this guy. There was nothing wrong with him. I mean, other than we knew he wasn't for her. But mm-hmm. but he was a nice guy. In fact, he's still our friend, mm-hmm. for that matter. But anyway, uh so I and I remember thinking, well, oh, that is the, what on earth would make me think such a stupid thing. Because this guy was from Alberta.
0: And I spent some guy <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: Half asleep, bedhead, and you're like that's the mil- that's the one. Yeah, it
3: was <laughs> weird. And I so I never said anything to anybody because I thought everybody will think I'm nuts. And she had a boyfriend, so, you know. However, um that week we th- those kids, both him and and all the other kids, all the all that group, they were all she was about the right age, right about mm-hmm. then, you know. So they all took a real interest in her and they really sized up this relationship of she had with this guy. And, and it was interesting because some of them told us later they knew that this was a no-go. I mean, with her boyfriend, it just really, because he was so demanding, you yeah. know, so controlling. Anyway, she, <laughs> so Sean went home, of course. We went out to Acapulco, the whole group went home, and we went out to Acapulco. She had a friend, a couple of friends down from Canada to visit her. And she wouldn't come out to the beach with us. She and her friends were going to stay in town because Sean wouldn't let her go. To, or not Sean. This guy wouldn't let her go to the beach. No, it was the other one. So anyway, she um, wouldn't go to the, or she wouldn't come out. So she stayed in the city. But they got really upset and really talked to her about her relationship with this boy. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, you don't want to live a life where you can't do anything but tell totally him what he wants. Mexican men can be quite moncho hmm. I
1: don't
3: know if there's such a word as moncho but anyway. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and the, and the Mexican ladies, the Mexican women kind of know what to do with it. But, but, you know, a Canadian girl really doesn't know how to handle mm-hmm. it. In fact, we had a, a Mexican guy who married a Canadian girl. And, um, oh, I should go to say it's not the doctor. In case somebody's listening to this, who knows a mm-hmm. guy a guide down yeah. here, but he they live he lives in in uh, in the in Mexico still, but she left him because she could you know the two of them just couldn't make it work however, anyway um, so when we came home from Acapulco, Sarah said i i'm going home i bought they bought me tickets, and I'm going home.
1: Mm-hmm. don't
3: tell anybody but i'm until I'm gone, so we didn't and uh she came home, but it was a short time later, you know, I, told, I was in contact with kids in the West mm-hmm. that had been at our place, you know. So I told them she'd gone home to Canada and really pray for her because she'd be staying with her sister and her brother, you know, and whatnot. She came home and uh, the next thing we knew, she had contact with, Sean contacted her, um, just out of the blue. Well it's funny cuz when we were in Acapulco, said Ivan said too bad she wouldn't take a fancy for this Sean <laughs> and I said what made you say that And he said I don't know he's a, he's a good worker he was a very good worker and a nice guy you know I said yeah but he lives in Alberta you know so come on but anyway they they um you know he started he called her or wrote her, I guess he emailed her or something somebody had Told him he was at Bible college and somebody had told him at Bible college. And he didn't really know the guy, but he came up to Sean and said, You know Sarah Preston? Mm-hmm. And he said, Well, she's a chicken in Mexico <laughs> mm-hmm. that I met, you know. He said, Yeah, she's home in Canada now. Here's her email. <laughs> and so, where we still to this day don't know who that was, what that who, who made that connection. But, anyways, Sean took that and he thought, Well, I'll email her. And they got talking, and then they got talking some more, and then they got talking some more. And by that Christmas, he'd asked her to marry him over the phone. And uh, he never as much as held her hand. Yeah, and and uh, and I, uh, you know.
0: I need to talk to this man. <laughs> yeah,
3: you should. That that August, but you know, it was it was funny. He he, and that Christmas, he asked us to. Yeah, he asked he asked us for permission to marry our daughter, and we said yes. Because we knew God had already prepared. I mean, if we hadn't had those preparations prior, we probably would have said, no, but you don't even know this guy. No. You know? But but we knew it's been a good marriage. And and God has blessed them and she's become a real woman of God. Yeah. And you know, I am so grateful to the Lord. He provided for her, you know, and and for him too. He's not perfect, but he's perfect guy for her.
0: Probably shouldn't let him hear this. He, he'll just be listening every day. Every time he needs a pick me up, he's just going to listen to this segment <laughs> over and over again. He'll be like, you know what? It's going to go straight to his head. <laughs>
3: yeah. well, he's a good man. And they have two kids now, and their kids are loving and serving Jesus.
0: Well, what are your other kids doing?
2: Um, Stephen is going to be well, ordained on, on Sunday. Yeah. No,
0: who thought that was a good idea? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's the one I know, so I feel like I can say that.
3: <laughs> yeah, he. It's interesting because we. It's knew, Stratford. We, uh-huh, yeah, we've known for years that God had His hand on him. Yeah. And prayed for him, and and he was he was waiting and looking for a wife, and you know, and then we prayed, and God spoke to my heart and said, "There's a girl coming." You tell him to get ready, mm-hmm. and so we did. And he said, You know, something I think maybe I, I've met her.
0: Did he cut his hair at least for that? I
2: think he did.
3: <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, for his wedding, for he was, wedding, yeah. His wedding, he was bald. No, no, not his no, wedding, no. Sarah's wedding, he was bald. Um, <laughs> so I guess he cut it before the wedding, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So, you know, God worked a wonderful mirror, and really, again, like we would say, Trish is a good woman. She loves the Lord, but she's a perfect woman for him. Mm-hmm. She's not perfect either. None of us are, mm-hmm. but she's the perfect gal for him. And uh, So he didn't get married until what, he was 45? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, well, 35. 35.
2: Was, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 30, he didn't get married until he was mm. 35, and, and at one point I really wondered if he'd ever get married.
0: That's where I'm at probably right now, <laughs>
2: 33 and wondering. Oh,
3: well, you're still young then. Yeah, yeah still
0: My students think I'm old. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know what? How he, he, You should hear his story, how he met her. Mm. So and, and the working of God in her life, because she... Wasn't a Christian and, and went to Paris to study French. Mm. And and it was while she was in Paris that she met a girl from South Africa who led her to the Lord. Oh, wow. And and then she came home, went to a church, and she was starting to drift. And her friend said, come back to South Africa for a little while. She went back for, I think it was six months, and got grounded in the Lord mm. and, de- and delivered from a number of things turned around, and came back to Canada, and met Stephen. So it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Well, maybe I'll
0: get their story next.
3: Yeah, it's a... Their (laughs) journey has been... And so I'm really... Like, we always felt Stephen was to be in ministry. Hmm. But he, he really did a lot of running from it for a long time. Were
0: the other kids ever in Mexico?
2: None of our kids,
3: other than Sarah, well, were in Stephen, he,
2: he stayed with us what three or four months at one Yeah, time? he
3: did. When, yeah, he was down for three or four months but for a bit. He just went to but, get, get away from a situation up yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, Sarah, um, or Sandra, she was married before we went. And so, um, are they the ones in Ottawa then? Yes, yep. Yeah. And he's a good guy. I just love David to pieces. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when 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 mom and mom was living with mom and daddy were living with us and they both were so ill, mm-hmm. David always helped me with them when he was around. He, I watched him, the way he treated my parents,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, just so good to them. And I thought he'll be a good husband someday hmm he'll be good to my daughter because he was good to my parents is this all recorded mm-hmm. oh my stars you might want to do some editing yeah. we are rambling a bit yeah
0: it's all but, good it's real
3: well yeah yeah but God has done amazing things in us you know he's taught us some major major things over the years and maybe the most major would be for to be able to trust him because I tended to worry a lot about money and stuff like that. I've never worried about money. In the early days when we had the business, I'd be having a fit, trying to make the bucks, you know, get everything paid and I looked after <laughs> the funny part was he had me looking after his bookwork, his finances, and that was disaster because I can hardly add two and two together. Mm. And here I am, and, and I mean you had to do it. There was no computers in those days. So, mm-hmm. you know, oh uh, drove me insane. And I would stew and worry and worry and stew because a bill would have to be paid. And he'd say, stop your worrying, Donna. It'll be there when it's time. It always was. We always paid our tithe and the money was always in to look after the bills. And that's a principle we have have done all our
2: married life, really, even before that. Just going back to Oakville days again. There was one point where we uh, were really struggling financially. And I, I personally thought, I thought we gotta we gotta see what we can do about this. And I was praying one day and I, I remember going into the family room, getting on my knees and praying to God. I said, Lord, your word says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you need in life will be there for you. I said, We're trying to seek you first. And I said, Secondly, You have said in your word, if we pay our tithe, you'll pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. And I said, I'm paying my tithe when I don't even have money to buy good food. I had only milk and bread at times, you know, for the family. And I said, now, God, based on your word, I'm trusting and believing that you're going to provide some some money for us. And again, it's a long story how that happened, but there was a United Church minister in... uh, In Oakville, who went to his congregation one Sunday morning, and he said, "There's a pastor here that's really struggling to find a friend, you know." And um, I'd like to take up an offering today to help him out. So he said, "We'll do this next Sunday as well if you're not ready to give today." That those two offerings gave us uh, thirteen hundred bucks. You know, just bags of food. Mm-hmm. oh we were eating that for years he, he, and he told his people if you can't give any money just provide some non-perishable food and so we had money there plus food. food
3: god always provided when we were building the church there were times like because whoever was there on a saturday to build i kind of i had yeah we had to feed them mm-hmm. and so that was my job and i don't even like cooking but that's a joke but anyway so i'd be You know, but the women of the church, our church, the ladies, every Saturday, I never knew who was going to bring what, or if it would be enough, but every Saturday, sometimes it only got there about five minutes to noon, Mm
1: -hmm. but
3: there'd be enough food for, they'd bring it in, and there'd be dinner for all those people. Wow. No matter how, it was so funny, no matter how many there were, there was food. No matter how few there was, there was food, but never too much.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, and never not enough. Mm. Always perfect. Mm -hmm. And I thought, isn't that... um? And that's one of the things that I learned in Oakville that made me realize that I could go to Mexico and we would be quite okay. Mm. God would look after us. And And we did. Yeah, and he did. It was amazing how he looked after us there. And uh, in spite of our stupidity sometimes, you know, Mm Um, we'd forget more than once our neighbor would come and tell us your car's unlocked you better go down and lock it (laughs) if you want to keep it (laughs) (laughs) you know stuff stuff like that yeah and uh (laughs) our neighbors took care of us they really did even though even though they weren't christians or they maybe were but a lot of them were good catholic folks you know Mm -hmm. and uh, i learned to appreciate them Mm -hmm. because They were good folks, and uh, they might not...
2: Many, several of these people here were former Catholics. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, they came to faith in Christ.
0: I'd say to wrap things up, a couple questions. One, you can think about first, you know, having lived a pretty full life now, knowing what it's like to be a young person, and now being an older person, what is something that you would say to younger people today in the church. What's was, something they think they need to know? And the other question is just for Ivan. Why does Stan refer to you as the only man he's ever, only pastor he's ever seen driving a bulldozer?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well with regards to the bulldozer, my dad, he was in an excavating. And so I learned to drive bulldozers or drag lines and scrapers and things like that. And so when when uh, Dad retired the business, he had a bulldozer. He had three bulldozers. And so I asked if he would send one of those bulldozers down to Oakville to do the bulldozing to carry in the building of that church. It, that was a mir- miraculous thing. We took in over $40,000 in fill that tr- truckers wanted to dump their fill. And so we charged them $15 a load to dump. And with that, we took in over $40,000 just in fill alone. And I had the bulldozer there to level it all up. We wow. Took in, we took in close to 3,000 load of fill. Wow. It was amazing. Needless yeah. to say, there was always dust in my house. <laughs> and so that is why he says he is, I'm the only pastor he's ever seen drive <laughs> a What was the other question? Has oh. he even seen you? Yeah. I don't
3: know no. if he ever saw
0: you. But... Um, the other question was just like, you know, you know what it's like to be young, you, you probably remember, but what is something that you think we're missing out on?
2: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be looked after in your life.
0: Easy as that.
2: As easy as that. Mm-hmm. Seek first. And many times, young people put God last in their, in their priorities, you know, and that, that's where they go wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: To get it out in their head, in their head, they're going to live forever. Two of my best girlfriends died when they—one was 18 and the other one was 20. So, you know, you never know. You have to be ready to go if it was tomorrow or today.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, so you live like it. But, but I would also say, learn to seek after God. Don't let things get you sidetracked.
2: That's why Bible, so, Bible reading and prayer. Is yeah, somewhere. do your own
3: digging. Learn how yeah. to dig. Yeah. and and study God's Word. You know, kids get sidetracked so easily today because we've got everything on computers, you know, and if you can get them off their iPhones, you've really done well. However, chuck the things and sit down and hear from God and pray and just hear from
2: Him. Learn to visit with Him. The one thing I find, the Bible says in the last days there would be a great falling away, and a lot of young people are falling away from church and from God. But you know,
3: but yeah, I think I think it's so easy these days for kids to get um, sidetracked and and onto other things. God's the last thing on their agenda. Mm-hmm. But but really, uh, I just know we. I used to sing a song years ago. It pays to serve Jesus, and boy, does it ever! Mm-hmm. It does it ever? And, and I look back on all those years of service. That doesn't mean I always did everything right.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, I, I disobeyed him. I remember having a nervous breakdown simply because I disobeyed God. I know the reason. And when I, when I got ready right with him, I got better, mm-hmm. which was absolutely amazing. And even my doctor said, you're better. What on earth did you do?
1: <laughs>
3: I said, I gave in to God because what I knew God wanted me to do. And he's touched me. God, I learned that God was a healer as well as a, um, and I would say to kids, learn to walk with him close, closely. Put Jesus first, visit with him. Think about what would Jesus do about this? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What would he do? What would he think? And don't blame everybody else for your own shenanigans.
0: Amen. (laughs) Well, we'll leave it at that. So it's awesome to talk to you guys again. And it's always been a blessing. Uh, So anything we should be praying for you guys about?
2: Pray for our granddaughters Mm -hmm. and our daughter.
0: Okay.
3: And pray for strength. The best is yet to come. God's already told me that. So let's see what he's going to do. We're getting old, so he's going to have to hustle
0: Oh, there you go, everyone who's listening in. We've got some prayer requests for all of you. So uh, I think it's normally Stan says this, but don't end your day without a word with God.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.